0: Good evening. We were supposed to come out here and read the winner, but instead, I've decided to speak from the heart. What?
1: Why'd you rip the envelope? I don't know.
0: I was in the moment. I got overwhelmed. Now how are we going to know the winner is? Oh, my God, I shouldn't have done that.
1: Uh, Should we just make it up? No, I don't think we can do that. The winner is La La Land. No!
2: Hello and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode number 54 for the week of June 3rd, 2019. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Michael McComb. Hey Mike. Hey. And our special guest, Maura Johnston. Hey Maura. Hi. We are a group of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we will be talking about Madonna. Happy June, everybody. We made it, it's the summer now. We've Yay. had a couple we've had a couple <laughs> weeks off to kinda think about what happened at Eurovision, form larger thoughts, think about things. Etc. <laughs>
0: well, you, you would think that we would have, have had two weeks, but yeah, it just seems like there's still news trickling out of Tel Aviv about what's been going on. <laughs> but uh, but first, let's let's welcome Mora back to the show. Uh,
1: yes, welcome back. Thanks. It's great to be back. I'm very excited. This I, I enjoyed this year's grand final a lot. Although I will say I was disappointed by the outcome, even though it was very oh, really? predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I'm really into this whole subgenre of entertainment where somebody is um, doing one thing, but then is a dentist in their real life. Yes, mm-hmm. Cause, like that <laughs> happened. Um, I watched Eurovision a couple of Saturdays ago, and then the following Saturday, I watched a wrestling promotion that had a woman who won a match who was a dentist. Really, time, but also a wrestler. Yes, <laughs> huh? So, <Just> the secret <laughs> lives
2: of dentists worldwide.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly makes me wonder what I should ask my dentist next time I go in for a cleaning. What have mm-hmm. you been up to lately? Like, yeah. What are your hobbies? We're <laughs> <laughs> like, like what are your hobbies? You oh, yeah. so fingers will be in my mouth.
0: Yeah, I had a cleaning just last week and it didn't even occur to me to ask. It's like, so what sort of international competition are you taking part in? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh...
1: What's your favorite competitive hobby?
0: Yes. Oh, but who were you rooting for?
1: Well, I really like Norway. I mean, obviously, like Iceland. I really did like San Marino. Um, I liked Norway quite a bit, and I did have a sort of like soft spot for North Macedonia because mm. she just seemed so excited every time she got votes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: There was like a brief moment in the scoring, like before we got like all of the all of the public votes, from like, oh wow, like anything can happen, and it, it might not be yeah. the Netherlands
1: yeah it really did seem as if the the possibility was wide open until the public votes started coming in and then you were like oh right i'm watching american idol and this guy's lead wise that's that's probably what i mean but maybe he's more of a david cook type but yeah oh yeah oh wow that's that's (laughs) really going into the vault
0: and it doesn't feel like it should be but (laughs) (laughs) it's It's also just kind of weird because this year, it's like not only was it really wide open, but it just seems like the scores are still changing. Even oh, to yeah, like no- yeah, like nothing yeah. is quite
2: nailed down yet, and it's June.
0: Yeah, we had talked in our last episode about how the Belarusian jury was dismissed uh, for chatting about how they had voted during the semifinals, and when the jury votes came in during the grand final, everybody just kind of went uh, <laughs> when when they saw like wow, twelve points to Israel. That's unexpected. Uh, And yeah, it turns out that somebody did hit the wrong sort button on Excel. And rather than giving the 12 points to the top act, they gave 12 points to the bottom act. Uh, The EBU corrected the scores and that really shook up the score table in weird and exciting ways. So um, first of all, uh, North Macedonia ended up winning the jury vote after all. Oh. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was great for North Macedonia. It improved their standing. They were 8th originally and then uh got bumped up to 7th place. So that's an even better best finish ever for them. Uh Sweden also ended up moving up in the total. Uh so they finished 5th overall. That pushed Norway down to sixth, which a lot of people were already really unhappy that the winner of the public vote was not the winner of Eurovision, so this -hmm. this did not Mm -hmm. calm them down. And it also has created a weird situation where this is the first time that the winner of the jury vote and the winner of the public vote, neither one of them made the top five, which... Almost sounds like it should be mathematically impossible, but that's not the case. And then there were other shakeups like in the mid-range of the scoreboard. Cyprus-Malta got bumped up uh, to 13th and 14th. Uh, Slovenia and France got knocked down to 15th and 16th. And San Marino got bumped up to 19th, so they also had a better best finish ever. Israel ended up with zero points from the juries, uh, since their only points were the 12 that they thought they got from Belarus, uh, so... That's unfortunate. Ooh,
2: ooh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not the first time that the home team has gotten zero points, although when Austria did it, that was before they'd split the vote. Right.
0: I guess they didn't have to go through the, I don't know, embarrassment or- Of like, uh, dealing vi- with that live on air? Right, exactly. So it's still awkward. And then uh, UK also ended up losing points. So they were already in last place. And then there were the headlines being like, oh, our last place entry finished even worse than we thought. So UK does not have a sense of humor about this, I'm discovering no nope (laughs) there's still reports of voting confusion happening with the juries uh there have been uh, reports of jurors in both semifinals uh accidentally voting uh, in ascending fashion instead of descending fashion so like their top what they thought they were giving top points to they were giving bottom points to it was
2: yeah uh, yeah like i just i want to know like what that form looks like like whether i don't know if it's a web form if it's like an actual piece of paper but like whatever it is the design needs to be fixed
1: yeah definitely or at least yeah. just
2: like just like a star and something that says your favorite goes here
0: yeah i mean especially because they're ranking all 26 it's not just them picking oh th- these are my 10 favorites and then just putting like one through 10 or whatever uh or like 12 points next to uh, whichever one is their favorite they're gonna need to figure that out and then italy's broadcaster published what they said their televote was in the second semi-final and it did not match what the ebu said the Italian televote was, and considering how close the like cutoff was, like Lithuania missed out on the uh making the final by a single point, and that confusion just kind of led to: oh, was Lithuania supposed to be in the final? And uh yeah, the EBU has come out and said that the result that the EBU published is the result that they are going with, and Italy's broadcaster might be using sort of like the pre-verified televote uh like before taking out bad votes or votes that came in after the voting window kind of a mess Mm -hmm. i'm worried that it's interfering with uh yan olasan's uh margarita beach time Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) i'm hoping that all of this stuff has been resolved and these are like the final final results it's been two weeks so it's (laughs) been two weeks on the other hand the fact that
2: we have reported this means that whatever is still kind of hanging out uh will drop in like 12 minutes after we get done releasing the episode so on the plus side it'll be done then
0: maybe yeah uh fingers crossed hungary Uh, that's all that's all i've got (laughs) uh, uh.
2: i have continued watching hattery uh for any any exciting news on that front they've been doing like a little homecoming victory lap tour which is is great Uh, one of the things we had noted during uh selection season was how much children love hattery and as it turns out, uh there is an Icelandic Kids Choice Awards and Hattori won two awards. Uh they sent Einar to to pick them up, which was great. His acceptance speech was very short. <laughs> yeah, the the
0: video and like the, there are gifts, of course, because uh it, it's the internet, but uh yeah, it's just delightful. And the kids just look so happy just to be
2: in the presence of the presence of, of one of third greatness. of Hattori, yeah. Yes. So Uh, it's great. Definitely seek it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, it it is well worth the five minutes it takes to watch, uh, and try to figure out what's going on. Meanwhile, the reference group for Eurovision is going to be determining if Iceland is like fined or doesn't get to participate next year because of Hatari's actions in the green room, uh, at their next meeting. So more news to come on that. At some
0: point. Speaking of news, Billboard magazine uh, was doing some Eurovision wrap up stuff in their May 25th edition. Uh, so from a couple weeks ago. And yeah, in their Ask Billboard Anything uh, section, the question came up is if Eurovision is getting too political. And they asked a couple of guys from a podcast what they thought about it. And it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. It us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which that is,
2: yeah, it's still very <laughs> wild to me. If your local newsstand does not sell a Billboard, as it turns out, mine does not. Uh, check your local library's magazine app. Uh, if they have a subscription to Billboard, uh, we are in the Ask Billboard Anything column, uh, talking about how political this year was.
0: Yes, and good good luck trying to find a newsstand. Yeah, it, it did not occur to me until this uh, thing happened. It's <laughs> like, oh, this because is a as real it, scavenger, scavenger as it turns hunt. Out, print media is dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been it's been about a week and a half, and yeah, still haven't got our hands on a hard copy
2: yet. So, uh if
0: you see one, let us know where you found it. I guess.
2: <laughs> the other like final bit of news in the 2 weeks since we last convened. The Barber Dex Awards have happened. The Barber Dex Awards are of course the award for who had the worst outfit, which just feels mean. See, I understand the objections
0: to Barber Dex, but I think it does serve an important purpose because I think what a person is wearing on stage is a representation of, like, the delegation and the overall planning that goes into, like, setting up the performance. Because, like, I think of, like, Belgium's entrant last year, Senec. She was in charge of all of the art direction along with the performing and, like, just kind of doing everything. And I'm not sure if she ultimately chose what she wore, but like she was one of the runners up for last year's Barbara Dex Award, and it was not undeserved. And I think it it, it indicates that there's not an editor in the mix mm-hmm. uh, in, in that situation, although. I don't know, this year was kind of confusing, because the winner was Conan Osiris from Portugal, mm-hmm. and he wasn't even in my top five. No. Like, I got his costume in the overall sense of his performance. I would understand why nobody would want to like go walking down the street wearing that. Right, uh, but it was, it was but... very
2: effective stage wear, and I thought it fit in with what they were trying to do. Yeah. Uh, but... just, just looking at the runners-up for, for this year, we had Cyprus, mm-hmm. which I get that. Uh, Belarus, which was my pick. Belgium, and North Macedonia, oddly enough, which, I, I guess, uh, and speaking of North Macedonia, the former, former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, uh, if you would like to get your hands on last year's Barber Dex winner, uh, it's currently on sale on eBay.
0: It's, um, well, let me read the description from oh, uh, the listing. Collector's item, three exclamation points. <laughs> This iconic, one-of-a-kind backwards coat costume worn on the stage of Eurovision Song Contest 2018 by Maria Ivanovska from IQ representing Macedonia. Such a design has appeared only one time in the 64 years history, (laughs) and the costume underneath is sewn for 2,000 hours. Let's discuss. um,
2: (laughs) I I do like that they frame it as... The design has only appeared one time in the sixty-four-year history. Which true. I mean, personally, I would pitch this as this is the last this is the last stage outfit worn by the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. Mm -hmm, This is a mm -hmm. piece of history. But there's also like the photos
0: of like I mean, they're pretty detailed photos of like what you are getting in this piece, and it really highlights just how horrifying upsetting like i'm not even sure what word to use to describe the garments like the undergarment Thing. it's this i didn't even realize it was like more of a knit piece uh, oh yeah that reason, was that was
2: that was a discovery to me as well yeah
0: you really get to see like the pink under boob detail uh that was just baffling last year even from like the long shots uh <laughs> that they used to uh film the big reveal but I
2: mean, the thing i like it, about it is that w- the the photos have the same quality that i use when i try to sell clothing on ebay mm-hmm
0: yeah, but I mean, like, you know what, you know what you're getting, but also just like the, the fact that the costume underneath is sewn for 2000 hours, like 2000 hours is a year, like if you're working like 40 hours a week for 50 weeks, that is 2000 hours. And it's like, wow, that is, that is a
2: lot of hours. That feels like an excessive amount of hours.
1: It's point two Gladwell's. Oh, man. Sorry. I, yeah. I, I don't even like it. No, no, no like That's, no, no, that's, that's no, a that... very
0: good point. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like, like the more you think about it, the more you unravel, the
2: more, I The don't more know. it looks like it's about ready to unravel. Yeah.
0: Exactly. It, uh, um,
2: just, and, and, like, just to, to put this in perspective, this is available for the low, low price of $5,000 US, mm-hmm. which does not no, include shipping. the $113 in shipping uh, from Macedonia. We'll have a link to it in our show notes. Um, in case you would like a piece of history. Yes, which uh,
1: also, um, you can do the installment plan of two thousand nine dollars a month for twenty for, for two years. Oh, okay. So, don't even, don't yeah, you can have yet.
2: that paid off by Eurovision twenty twenty one.
1: Exactly, hmm. killer outfit to your party.
2: <laughs> it,
0: it would be the perfect cosplay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now I'm tempted. All right, we should move on. Uh, <laughs> one of the big things that happened at this year's Eurovision was Madonna performing as one of the interval acts. And uh, Maura, you are a Madonna expert.
1: I am. I'm working on a book about her Ooh. Um, for Hanover Square Press. I think it's going to be published in late 2020. It's due in February. Um, so I've been studying her very intently and she's, you know, in the run up to release Madam X, mm-hmm. uh, her first album since Rebel Heart, which came out back in 2015, and like wow. this album, she's talked about as her Portugal soccer mom album. <laughs> I don't know if you'd think Portugal soccer mom when you thought the, when you saw the performance during Eurovision. No, um, no, no. But <laughs> but it's very informed by like her being out and about in, in Europe, you know, and and specifically like continental Europe as opposed to like the you know the UK, mm-hmm. and it has lots of collaborators including Quavo, who came by to perform the song future with madonna at the grand final and then maluma is on the lead single medellin which i really like. actually like it's kind of one of the better lead madonna singles from an album that came out in the 2000s you know the 21st century mm-hmm. um but it is another song that's like oh here i am with a collaborator, you know, like um, Give Me All Your Lovin', which had M.I.A. and Nicki Minaj, and then uh, Justin Timberlake and Timberland were on Four Minutes to Save the World, which I still think the sample sounds like the Price is Right theme, but yes. that's what you <laughs> Yes, but, um, yeah, I, can, so, yeah. I can hear that now. But she is, like, using sort of, you know, like, more interesting collaborators. Like, one thing I think that's interesting about Madonna, and this is something that I'm going to write about in the book, is that she's been really always adept at finding the space between Superculture and subculture and finding those niches of subculture that will best thrive in superculture. And I think Hmm. that that the internet sort of collapsing that Mm -hmm. distinction really made her flail a lot and work with like the big names. And also, you know, obviously the deal that she signed with Live Nation Entertainment, which wound up being like Interscope Records, that helped as well. Where, you know, Interscope as a label is very, very hits forward as opposed to Sire and Warner which are more artist-forward. But, uh, you know, Sway Lee from Ray Shermer is also on the record, and uh, the Brazilian singer-songwriter Anita is also on the album. Okay. And then Maluma's on two songs. A lot of it is collaborations with Mir Ways, who was the producer that she worked on music. He worked on American Life, and he worked on a song on Confessions on a Dance Floor. So... It's it's nice that she's going back to that, that even those roots. I mean, American Life. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's in the top half of the Madonna catalog, but it's pretty, But it's you know definitely a very uniquely Madonna record. And so I think mm-hmm. that she's trying to get back to that place where she's not as beholden to like it might have been last year or two thousand seventeen. But you know she went on Instagram and started complaining about like songwriting camps, which are you know this the sessions where like songwriters will write for an artist and then that artist will pick the song. She's like I like be she likes being involved. In her process, a lot more. Mm. I'm I'm interested in this record. I'm reviewing it for the Boston Globe. I have not received a copy of it yet, but I'm very very curious because mm-hmm. it's apparently a concept album. Hence Madam right. X. Yes, so, but yeah, I, I have seen patch. like the
2: the promo video clip where she's walking through right. who Madam X is.
1: A secret agent, a dancer, a professor, a head of state, a housekeeper, an equestrian, a prisoner, a student, a mother, a child, a teacher, a nun, a singer, a saint, a whore a spy in the house of love and a portuguese soccer mom it turns out and a portuguese yeah. soccer mom yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean and you know that's the thing about madonna is that she has always contained multitudes mm-hmm. and those multitudes have definitely like you know influenced pop in a huge way over the past almost 4 decades now well, yeah you and know? like she
2: she kicked off the the Eurovision performance with like a prayer which was celebrating its 30th anniversary
1: yeah that album turned 30 earlier this year and uh Still a really great album. You know, I reviewed that record for Pitchfork. And one thing I was really struck by was how so much of the rhetoric around that album was like about Madonna, like being confessional. It was very sort of like the singer songwriter trope because it was right after she had gotten divorced from Sean Penn. um, Mm, And it has a lot of very personal lyrics on it. But it, it was funny to sort of see Madonna, who, you know, at the time was, you know, peak Madonna was 1989. And for her to sort of get the, oh, now she's a singer-songwriter and she's confessional treatment, it was, it's very funny. But, like, you know, songs like Oh Father is a very, like, raw Madonna song. And then she has the collaborations with Prince. And then she has, you know, Cherish, which is really sort of, like, fun. But then there's the the title track, which has sort of become, like, her calling card, I think, over the last couple of years. Like... Like a prayer, you know, and it's a great song. She performed it at the Met Ball last year, which was the Catholic themed Met Ball, mm-hmm. and she performed it this at this Eurovision in a way that was not very Catholic. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, she's always been about subverting religion, and so, well, what did you think of it?
2: I had such an interesting experience going back and rewatching the performance for this show because. I remember watching the performance in the moment and just thinking the vocals were very bad.
1: They were. They were
2: yeah, they were they were not great. And then yeah. going to the version on her vivo, I do not know what kind of magic was performed. Yeah. But it's it sound like I don't know if that was just additional auto tuning or if it was just like a separate track and it was just something with the arena. But like it sounded much better in the version on her vivo, which great um that's you know it's a promotional tool
0: i was a little thrown off because uh they interviewed her in the green room oh yeah before, like that, that, before that, the oh, performance yeah.
2: and, and
1: that interview was super super awkward was super awkward
2: yeah. and was just kind of I, like i didn't love what she had to say to the artists yeah yeah
0: like it was just coming from like it really felt like it was coming from a place of condescension or like i don't know i guess an American attitude toward Eurovision, where it's like, oh, isn't this cute? Or mm. like, uh, and it's just like, you know, there are some very established artists, like, ju- just because they're not like huge in America, like they are huge in their home countries. And it just kind of set the tone in a weird way. Well, yeah, and then,
2: it set said, it said like a, yeah, it set kind of a sour note Going into that performance. And then you also had. And then there was a the sour With, with note Quavo. That, yeah. Where oh, he yes. did not <sighs> seem. He, he seemed to have just sort of been trucked into the venue. And did not really know what was going on or where he was.
0: Yeah. Which yeah. I mean he's not necessarily contributing much to the actual, like to the Mm -hmm. overall performance. It's just mostly being kind of hype man for the song. Yeah. So, so he's being thrown into this venue to collaborate on this performance, but it's just like, it's just adding salt, I Mm -hmm. guess, like not really adding a whole bunch of flavor to uh, whatever's going on.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that that's the function of like cameos on these Madonna albums of Mm -hmm. recent vintage too, because like, You can't overshadow her because she's Madonna. But at the same time, like, she is trying to go into this really uncharted territory for 60-year-old women by, you know, putting out records that are trying to get airplay on pop stations, which are ever more youth-obsessed and also, you know, very, like, male-skewing, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ariana Grande is sort of the exception to the rule. And I guess Taylor Swift to a lesser extent, but even Taylor Swift's, you know, single has been sort of, like, bobbing along. But in the past couple of years, you've had, like, Ed Sheeran and the Chainsmokers and, like, you know, that's sort of, like, very bro mm-hmm. um, yes, bent to pop music. So she's going in there and she's, you know, risking a lot of ridicule. But at the same time, like, there is sort of a cringe factor. And I definitely felt it when she – because, like, the, the vocal melody of the verses – of Like a prayer like is so essential to sort of like the build of the song mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that those the, there were those like notes that she wasn't hitting that you know where it was like she was like a half step off. I was just very uncomfortable for her. Yeah, because mm-hmm. this is like her song, you know, it's like it's like one of her signature songs. And it wasn't like the, the, like a virgin rework that she did on the Blonde Ambition tour where it was like in a different key or anything, you know? That, that right. vocal melody still needed to hit.
0: Right. Yeah. I have to wonder if it might have just been like a, rehearsal issue or yeah, just or like, like a, a general sound problem. issue.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, because and and like there were a lot of people who were complaining about sound issues throughout like the rehearsal process and mm-hmm. like the in-year monitors and such. And I can't imagine that she was nervous about that performance. And, no. and particularly in that room, like that room is there for Madonna.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: It feels like it was much more of a like technical mishap than I mean
1: you know. singing on live TV is this is something that I think, you know, we like because it's it happens so often, but singing on live TV TV is tough mm-hmm. you yeah. know because there are so many factors and like something can sound really good in the in the arena and really crap on tv or vice versa oh yeah well yeah cause and, I, I think of
2: snl all the time because people SNL, complain about the exactly. sound that's on snl and it's like no that's a yeah. tough room to sing in
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know it was a it was a weird performance because i mean obviously like madonna being at eurovision you know the bds movement was not happy about her being there obviously she has ties to judaism through her you know kabbalah interests Mm -hmm. and everything and it was so fraught but it was and it was it kind of reminded me of like the old madonna controversies you know Um, yeah like a prayer like the like a prayer video with the stigmata or the justify my love video with everything (laughs) the sex book or whatnot and but it was like this kind of like weird uncomfortable 21st century update to like Madonna stepping in and being like hey
2: yeah because like there was like an interview that popped up like right before the contest where she's like no like no like nothing can hold me back i'm going to perform you can't stop me from performing yeah okay you You also got like a very large check to be there so
1: right right i mean there's politics and then there's and then there's cash Mm mm-hmm money talks
2: mm-hmm. okay so how about like the second half of the performance i thought like the the kind of interlude to bridge the songs was a little weird i'm i'm wondering if that's something that's going to appear on the album i hope it is just because it, it the,
1: about the supreme hoodies y- yeah just that like was just also like when as everybody like strange. took off
2: their big uh, monk robes and revealed mm-hmm. gas masks
1: i i don't know i mean you know there i read a lot of well i read one site that's sort of like analyzes pop music and other cultural phenomenon through like the sort of end times prophesizing just as like a way to kind of get a bead on you know how the messages that are going being sent out are being received and like i think that there is a lot of just like apocalyptic imagery in general in mm-hmm. pop music like from and, and just like you know also just like weird stuff like i the first thing i thought of was um katie perry's bon appetit video where the climax is, like, everybody's eating her. Mm-hmm. So it's not even, like, don't come around here no more, mm. which was, you know, the Tom Petty video where everybody ate Alice in Wonderland as a cake. You know, there there's lots of, like, this site really goes in on, like, oh, the checkerboard floor means Illuminati or, like, the one eye. And obviously, like, <laughs> you know, she has, she's wearing the eye patch that has X on it mm-hmm. um, uh, for well, this.
2: That And that's making me think of, and this is, a very boston reference trash night had like a video in yeah. their pre roll well for for ages that was just showing all the illuminati the influence in super mario 2 Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and like just in the style of those vi- of of like youtube videos that are over the top and going everything is the illuminati
1: but Mistress Dita, her character from Erotica, also wore an eye patch. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. so and and so like whenever an artist like, starts dabbling in this, like you know, I grew up listening to metal, and so like I'm like, okay, well, is this like sat- satanic metal thing where it's like, what's the baddest ass stuff that we can do right now? Mm-hmm. And I guess desp- against all odds, I guess Satan and his minions are still kind of badass. I don't know yeah um i the jury's out but um uh, uh. i just feel like it's you know it is once you read the site it's called the vigilant citizen i feel weird like even mentioning it but it's just like <laughs> it's it's like very strange and um are we on a list now or <laughs> know, yeah can you like back mask me saying that yeah. i'll I'll um, distort your voice, there. <laughs> blur my voice blur my blur my voice yeah um but you know, I, but I think that there are, there is like a, I don't know if it's like a paucity of imagination or an agenda. You know, it's like it, that's how clumsily it's often employed. And I felt like that was the case with with Future, the performance by Nirvana. Mm-hmm. You could read the lyrics of Future like not everybody's coming to the future, not everyone the here is going to last. Mm-hmm. Like you could definitely see that as you know apocalyptic, but I mean, you could also just see that as like your ways. You know, of homophobia and racism and being, you know, bigoted in whatever way are the past as well. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's one of those like vague lyrics that stirs up a stadium crowd, and then when you're sitting quietly at home thinking about the show, you're like, "What did that mean? What were they talking about?"
0: Yeah, I was looking through the lyrics, and it's like this does sound kind of Eurovisiony, and yeah, in in a way, and it's like, "Wow, this is actually." a spot-on song to present there even though it doesn't immediately appear that way yeah even though in the moment i was like this is a this is a choice yeah Mm -hmm. speaking of choices the dancers wearing the like uh israel and palestine flags yeah um, like i didn't even notice it the first time around it wasn't until like there were all the articles
2: afterwards yeah it wasn't until i was looking for it that i noticed it
1: same subtle Mm -hmm. i mean that's the thing too is like you know Whenever you see a pop star's performance like there there are always so many details that you have to sort of like comb over and 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 that you might you know notice and then like misinterpret just because you're you're not in the mind of these artists and like sometimes they're also trying to you know mess with you Mm -hmm. which madonna loves doing like madonna is a cool provocateur on every level yeah and i think maybe
0: that that is maybe part of the issue that i had with the performance overall where Mm it it seemed like it it wasn't being performed for the people in the room but it wasn't being filmed in a way that was great for television so i think it it just got really muddied because it just wasn't being performed in a visual way that was beneficial to any one audience and I, see, so I can a, see that. Yeah, so, like, a lot of – I think a lot of what she was trying to do may have just gotten lost mm-hmm. in, like, poor, either poor camera choices mm-hmm. or it just wasn't meant for the TV audience. It was meant for the people in the
2: room. Oh, yeah, and, like, that's yeah. that an excellent point, like, because a lot of what we talk about when we look at these at these Eurovision acts when we're looking at them for, like, the third time is are they doing a good balance of putting on a show for the people in the room and also remembering this is a television program. Right.
0: And, yeah, yeah like – I didn't get a sense of, like, her having decided who she's actually performing for. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I mean, perhaps she was just treating it as a rehearsal for an upcoming concert for for her tour for this album. Just being like, all right, yeah, let's try out a couple of these stage elements, see if that works. And, oh, and there's an audience here? Great, whatever.
2: (laughs) So the
1: interesting thing about the tour that she's doing is that the rooms that she's going to be performing in are more similar to the size of the theater where the grand final was held than, like, Mm. the stadiums that she's usually been doing. Like, she's performing at BAM in New York. She's performing at the Wang Theater here in Boston. Um, I think she's performing at the Chicago Theater. Okay. Yeah. And she's doing, like, multi-night runs. She's also performing, she just, this was just announced that she's performing at um, Pride Island, which is, like, the big, like, gay pride thing in New York that Kylie Mm. Minogue did last year. So... Shout out to my friends who are going to tell me that Kylie did it first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple. I mean, I was sitting <laughs> here quietly yeah, yeah. going,
2: oh, wow, Kylie Kylie did that one first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Our Aussie friends will love that. Yeah. Uh- <laughs>
1: But I'm really curious about how that what that performance is going to be like too, right? Because like mm-hmm. it's a totally different audience in so many ways, mm-hmm. and yet not. But I, I'm curious to see like how you know, and obviously like again, like I've only heard the the singles that have been released off the record so far, and apparently it you know it has like a narrative arc and everything. But I'm curious to see how she incorporates this more high concept material into her already existing catalog of utter bangers and i hope mm-hmm. that she plays deeper and deeper because that's like the best song yeah <laughs> <laughs> Let's see just looking
2: over the other reactions to this like lots of lots of the music sites just had sort of the the normal recap of things and used it as a chance to mention oh hey eurovision uh but then you also just have like the, the like the wing of people who are convinced that madonna is here to drag us all into hell
1: mm-hmm. just you,
2: just like going fully off the rails including like the epoch times like why have we become numb to demonic entertainment
1: Right. The Epoch right. Times,
2: which I, I mostly remember from seeing this weekend while I was in D.C., just on the street corner and be like,
1: oh. <laughs> well, the, I lump that in with the the site that I was referring mm-hmm. earlier, you know, in terms of, like, overanalyzing culture in that way. And obviously, like, the irony of me writing a book about Madonna is that, like, I wasn't allowed to listen to Madonna as a kid. Oh, really? Um, because my mom – I love you, mom, if you're listening. Um, but she is she was super, super Catholic, and she was completely offended – by Madonna's name she thought it was a stage name and like a virgin and the mm. crucifixes and the rosaries and yeah I was not allowed to have a Madonna record in my house for most of my youth and I grew up in like prime Madonna time right I had to like get all my Madonna fix at dancing school where we would like warm up to the first side of the cassette of true blue oh nice totally underrated Madonna that <laughs> may be my favorite way. Madonna album it's but so yeah. good oh man yeah yeah <laughs> So, you know, she's always been and she's obviously like been playing with, you know, imagery of sex and religion and life and death. Like I remember I, I still have the image from the Oh Father video of um, the little girl praying at the mother's casket and you get the close up of the thread that's holding the mom's mm. lips together, you know, intense imagery. And so I think that this performance was definitely a, a gesture toward that. Also, I apologize to anybody who's going to start seeing, like, every checkerboard floor and weird one-eye <laughs> gesture in videos because it ruins the experience a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but you, but keep fighting. Keep watching videos because uh-huh. they are mostly good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm just going to seek them out and be like, oh, yeah. I didn't even think about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but the thing, is, too, about, like, the, like, the Medellin video is, I think is really interesting because it, it also has, like, a lot of references to, like, her past works. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know if it if they're deliberate or if it's just like Madonna being Madonna. Like it opens with her like rehearsing in a studio, which is, you know, like the hung up video and also just her whole background as a dancer. She's wearing a cowboy hat like she did in music, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So
0: was this performance beneficial for anyone? Like was Madonna at Eurovision? Like did she benefit from doing that? Did Eurovision benefit from having Madonna be part of the fold now like
1: i'm sure eurovision benefited because madonna has fans who are very mm-hmm. very devoted although i don't know how many of them in the states will do the whole vpn you know mm-hmm. mishgoss but but i you know i think it, it probably helped them more than it helped her i'm very curious to see because the record Madame X comes out on the 14th of june mm-hmm. so this week running up to the release of the album is going to be sort of the test of w- of how she's positioning herself. You know, like, right. when the video for Medellin came out, MTV, you know, which was obviously, like, her hugest champion, they have a bunch of spin off channels. Some show videos, and then there's one called MTV Live, which used to be MTV HD, which used to be Palladia. Um, and now it mostly shows, like... Austin City Limits reruns and, okay. like, the Isle of Wight concert from 2017 or something. Mm. Um, but in the 36 hours before the video premiered, they only showed Madonna videos.
0: Oh, wow. Oh. It was awesome,
1: oh. I gotta say. Oh, yeah. It was awesome to just, like, <laughs> sit on the couch and, like, watch Madonna videos. I did it for, like, three hours one day. And then I was like, wow, I just spent three hours watching videos. Like, I gotta go to Taco Bell with my friend when she did me up, you know? Like, it's very weird. But, um... But, you know, but that's also, like, I think a sign of her, like, reliance on old media to promote what she's doing, right? Because, right. like, TV is, even though it's HD MTV, you know, but MTV proper did the premiere of the video. And so I'm curious to see, like, what sort of promo tour she's going to go on. Especially last week we had this kind of, like, mini pop apocalypse when, like, Miley Cyrus, Katy Perry, Charlie XCX, Tovlo. Rosalia, Baby Rexa, and Camila Cabello all released new music. I mean, I'm forgetting one or two mm-hmm. people. I'm sure. Yeah, um, there
0: were like a dozen. There were there were so were, many new singles,
1: yeah. and you know, it was everyone's like, "Oh, cool! Well, let's play Old Town Road again." You know, and so I'm very curious to see just like how how the needle moves for her in the Billie Eilish era. Yeah,
0: what would be the measure of success? here. I mean not 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 just because it's like Madonna like in her 60s but like just pop music in 2019.
1: I don't even know. That's the thing. I I really don't know. I I am a little like flummoxed cuz I and I think that anybody who says that they know is lying. I mean, mm-hmm. I think for her now, I think it's touring. You know, I think that's why she's doing these theater shows because this is another reinvention of herself. Like she's you know, making herself making herself closer to the audience, in a, right. in a sense. The record comes out the same day as the Bruce album, Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an interesting, like, 35 Oof. years on parallel world um, sort of thing. Uh, I think streaming really favors, like, hip-hop and younger artists. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people will buy this record in whatever form. Mm-hmm. I think that that will probably push it over the top to the number one place as far as the album. But as far as the singles, I don't know. I mean, Medellin isn't even on the Hot 100 this week. So I think it's doing well on the dance charts, like dance club songs, you know, like that's her that's her spot. It's number six on the on the dance chart behind a new song by Rob Thomas and Pink and Dido and Calvin Harris and something called someone called Vasi with something called disco fries okay <laughs> i'm very curious about that. um and that's for the chart of the 8th mm-hmm. of june so
2: going back to what you had said about like the chart being very male dominated just looking at the looking at the top 10 this week you have it's mostly dudes you have lil Nas X, you have ed sheeran and justin bieber you have the mm-hmm. jonas brothers like on the on the females so you have billy eilish at, at number three right now yeah uh you have taylor swift at number nine and you have ava max at number 10.
1: Yeah, and then Normani on the duet with um Oh right, Sam yeah, with Sam Smith. Yeah. That that song's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um Agreed. But yeah, like right now streaming stats just really favor hip-hop songs. And then you have Billie Eilish, she's sort of the outlier. You know, she is and she's great and she's somebody who I think is very much in the, you know, the sort of like fully formed being mm-hmm. mold of Madonna. She even has her own clothing line already.
2: That was, like, I, that was literally what entered my head. I was like, already?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what success is here. Yeah. I guess success is just like not letting the gross ageism and sexism of the non-music press get you down. And I think she'll probably, she'll definitely succeed in that. And I hope it's a good record. I I, I always want Madonna's albums to be good because, like, she's a fun personality to have around. Yeah, she's always going to generate
0: conversation. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> that's why we're here. So it's, yeah. yeah, and it really is just uncharted territory here, where it's just like, e- even if she like sets the standard, there's not really anybody poised to like immediately following her footsteps mm-hmm. yeah i think it's it's going to take a while to see what the aftermath is from this experience mm-hmm. yeah definitely
1: and you know i think that the proof will come probably when she starts doing the live shows in september because mm-hmm. that i think that you know the the pride island is going to be a one-off but like this whole the whole theater thing i'm super super curious about
2: yeah that should be interesting okay so question for you guys, even though I have not thought about this at all and I'm posing it, which feels dangerous. So, as far as, like, large-scale artists performing at Eurovision, we have had Justin Timberlake a few years ago, and we've had Madonna. Like, who else would you want to see get the opportunity to perform on that stage
0: so when i was planning the trip to portugal last year i was secretly checking uh beyonce's travel schedule to see if oh, like yeah. is, is she gonna be in that part of europe that time of year and like maybe they'll be able to sneak her in and i believe it in ukraine they were trying to get lady gaga to happen uh and like just were not able to get that to work yeah in terms of like the superstars i Ooh. that's a tough one mm-hmm.
2: elton john Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. Uh, thinking of if Australia ever wins, like they're going to get Kylie Minogue.
1: Kylie Minogue, yeah, they're, yeah, oh, sure. yeah. Rihanna would be good.
2: Uh, if Iceland ever does win, I would love to see Bjork get get some time. Yeah, I don't think
0: she'd do it.
2: Like, I I I have a feeling she probably really. Oh yeah,
1: hates no, oh, yeah
0: her no,
2: no, vision, no, no. But like, not she's for like the reasons doing, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> doing like a residency in New York right now. No,
1: I'm trying to think of like artists that I've seen that have done like really amazing. Pop arena spectacle shows, you know. Mm-hmm. I just saw the 1975. I think they'd be great in their performance. uh You know, even though they are they are a rock band, maddie Healy, the lead singer, mm-hmm. has this very sort of like lovely, goofy grace about him. And their whole setup is that they have a treadmill on the stage so that he can sort of like look like he's walking past the streetscape while he's you know staying still or. Mm. um also just move really slowly from side to side mm-hmm. um and so if the, if the uk ever comes out of the troughs yeah they <laughs> could be there
2: yeah we're, we're gonna have a discussion about that later this summer about like what, yeah. what can they do yeah, how, yeah. How, do we, how do we fix this broken home
1: get robbie williams on the phone asap oh, yeah, robbie williams two. probably
2: be another one yeah oh
1: yeah uh, Yeah like take that I mean like there are all those you know there's so many Janet Jackson Mm -hmm. she's headlining Glastonbury this year I think right?
2: Oh yeah, something like that. Spice
0: girls. Like Spice they always girls. get rumored every year to like represent the UK. And it's just
1: like, no, they shouldn't
2: like <laughs> I feel like that, I feel like that happens every year around the same time that the same two fans ask if Andorra's gonna participate <laughs> next year. Yeah. Yeah. So we should investigate if they're the ones who are also asking if it's the Spice Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Well I, I did see earlier today that Andorra
0: confirmed that they will not be. There next yes. Year, they, so uh please stop calling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: How did you get this number? I
0: think if this year's winner ends up generating a lot of clones for what entries will be next year, like, I could see maybe Tori Amos... (laughs) No, she uh, see, did an awesome cover of "Rise Like a Phoenix," like because uh, I think she had a show in like Vienna or uh, some somewhere in Austria, like the day after Eurovision, and she did a performance of it there, and it was it was really nice. But yeah, I, I think she'd probably be baffled by the whole Eurovision experience overall. So,
1: see, you said you said yeah. uh, this year's winner spawning a lot of clones, and I went right to Ed Sheeran. Ooh. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, he yeah. he
2: is at that level.
1: Yeah.
0: There were a whole bunch of articles this year about how he wanted, to, how he wants to write a song for Eurovision. Well, then why yeah, doesn't he. he
2: do? <laughs> 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 the UK is waiting. Yeah, uh, seriously.
1: He would, like, save the UK.
2: That's going to do it for this episode of The Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Mike McComb. That's me. And Ben Smith. That's me. Uh, special thanks to our guest this week, Mora Johnston. Maura, where can folks find you online?
1: You can find me online at mora.com.
2: You can find us on our website at Eurowhat.com and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eurowhat. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can subscribe to the Eurowhat on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Rating and reviewing the podcast when you subscribe also helps other Eurovision fans find us. It's pretty great. We'll be back in two weeks to try and make sense of what's new in Eurovision.